0: we're going to be looking at part two of a series I'm calling Prayer List. And this prayer list is basically Paul's prayer list for different believers and for believers uh, that have come to know the Lord through his ministry. And uh, this prayer list for those Christians, those early Christians, It's also something that we should be considering for those that we know, for those all around us. We should be praying this for Christians that we know. And also, we should be praying this for ourselves. If you remember last week, uh, we prayed for strength and power. We need that in order to uh, be uh, the person that uh, the Lord had created us to be. And that we, now that we've been transformed by Him, we're walking and living in His power. We're not in this alone. Today, we're going to be looking at sharing your faith. And this is something that a lot of you, I bet, did not do this past week. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands because usually it's about one out of ten that have actually had an opportunity, recognized an opportunity, and shared their faith with someone that needed to hear the good news. And yet it's something that we should be doing, and yet the world pressures us not to do it, don't they? The world says, you go hide out in your little churches. You go uh, hide out in your homes. You pray at home. You talk about Jesus and God in the confines of your house. Don't bring it out in the open. We want to do other stuff. And uh, my goodness, the other stuff that they do, that they parade around and uh, everything is, uh, is exalted, that is dishonoring to God and to humanity so many times and yet we're told you keep your stuff behind closed doors we don't want public prayers we don't want prayers in the name of Jesus I uh, wound up uh, opting not to uh, give an invocation at a college graduation one time Because the president said, uh, I'm I'm glad you're going to do this, but uh, do you mind if you leave Jesus out of it? Do you mind if you just not pray in the name of Jesus? And I said, you know, I am a minister of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's who I am. And if you're asking me to pray, I'll be praying in his name. And uh, if you can't handle me praying, in his name then you probably need to find somebody else and he said well you know i sure hate to do it but i guess i'm gonna have to and so uh, but the thing is if we're his we're not supposed to hide it under a bushel if we're his we're his and uh, he jesus didn't say in matthew 28 you all go home and hide out and uh, don't tell anybody about the fact that you're now Uh, a follower of Jesus. That's not what he said, was it? Well, last words he said, you'll find them in uh, the uh, book of uh, Matthew, the 28th chapter. Listen to this. First of all, he says, all authority has been given to me. What authority is that? The very authority of the Creator the very authority of the one in whom we live and breathe and have our being. All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. He didn't tell us to hide out and keep it quiet. He told us to share our faith with those that we come in contact with. Uh, so uh, anyway, we're looking at a story, a story kind of today. Philemon is a personal letter from Paul, <coughs> excuse me, to, the, uh, to a friend of his named Philemon. Now, Onesimus was Philemon's slave. Onesimus ran away from Philemon. Philemon was a, uh, a well-known man in his town, he held a house church. He he, he 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 provided a place for the church to meet there in his home. And Paul knew him. And but he I can't remember what town he was in. But when uh, uh, Ones, Onesimus ran away, he ran across Paul in Rome, and uh, Paul led Onesimus to the Lord. And now then Onesimus has decided he needs to make things right, and he needs to go back to Philemon, his master. He was probably a bond servant. He probably was working out a debt. Many, many servants in that time, that's what they were doing. They were working out a debt, and so by running away, he wound up uh, reneging on a deal, you see. And now then, he realizes that he needs to do what's right. He needs to go back, face the music, and complete his time as a servant to Philemon. And so Paul writes a letter to Philemon, a letter of recommendation or commendation, you might say, and uh, letting uh, Paul know or letting uh, uh, Philemon know that Onesimus is not the same guy now. In fact, he makes a play on words. And when he says, I think you're going to find that Onesimus is now useful to you. Onesimus, you see, means useless. His name was useless. And so uh, now then he says, he's going to be useful to you. And so it's in this letter that... Uh, that this prayer goes up. And Paul says, I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers, because I hear about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints. I pray that you may be active in sharing your faith so that you will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. Now then, it's interesting that Paul puts that in there. And just stop and think. Philemon was a servant in, I'm sorry, Onesimus was a servant in uh, Philemon's household. And yet he had to run away to Rome to find out how to become a disciple of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He was working in a church, more or less, and nobody shared the gospel with him. Isn't that amazing? He had to run away and pause, but just think, a lot of churches are like that, aren't they? If you stop and think about it, a lot of churches don't share the gospel. They do good works. They do good things but they don't share about the one that has made them a different person, the one that has given them life, because the world has pressured us to keep quiet about that stuff. And you know, our world today is just about like the world that those early Christians were living in. There were multiple religions, multiple beliefs, Uh, all sorts of things going on back then that went against the word of God just like they do today and it's in that environment that they were called to be faithful to Jesus and it's the same environment that we are called to be faithful to Jesus in. Now Paul in these four prayers that we're looking at he says that he prays for a certain thing for people so that they may have something else. And so he prays that, uh, that uh, Philemon is going to be active in sharing his faith so that he will have a full understanding of every good thing we have in Christ. And so you see, it's important that you share your faith with others so that you can have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. If you're, you know, many times, I'll just say this. Sometimes people have a wonderful, life-changing experience with the Lord. And then over a period of time, that just kind of, it kind of just evaporates. And they just kind of drift back into the world and maybe you're one that the Lord touched you, and you're his now, and uh, uh, he made a difference in your life. But recently, it seems that all the life has gone out of your walk with the Lord. I would suggest that part of the cause of that would be not sharing your faith. And we're going to look at some things that come out of being willing and, and, and actively sharing your faith. And notice it says active in sharing your faith, not being willing to, but being active in sharing your faith. Uh, now then there are different ways that you can share your faith. Now, I, let's face it, some of you may have not shared your faith because you just don't think that you're ready. You don't think that you're equipped enough to do that. Or maybe you're afraid that if you talked about Jesus to somebody, you would be rejected or you would be uh, uh, somehow looked on as that, that weird person. You know, I've been in places where, you know, whenever I was going to seminary, I had to work at a, uh, a breakdown terminal, a, 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 a terminal where we moved freight. I would uh, be assigned uh, an 18-wheeler trailer filled with stuff. And I would have to take everything out of that trailer, box by box, piece of machinery by machinery, and put it on different, uh, uh, in different trailers heading different directions. And, uh, I was working with guys who, uh, use very colorful speech, you might say. Uh, guys who, uh, uh, anyway, let you you know I was working with guys that 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 worked moving freight and uh they called me preacher man and uh they were always very careful they acted differently around me because they knew I was a pastor of a little church nearby and uh they uh and so they they would sometimes just kind of excuse themselves in front of me and go ahead and do what they're going to do anyway you know so I was I'm used to being looked on as being different you know I I remember one time I was out playing golf with some friends of mine in the church and all of a sudden this guy that was a tremendous golfer hit a shot that went almost across a pond and then plumped in the water right on the other side of the pond and all and I saw him stand there and he tensed up and his ears started turning red. And another friend of mine was standing there. These members of my church. The other guy was standing there saying, the preacher. You know, because you could tell my, bu- my buddy that had just made that shot into the water was getting ready to turn the air blue with cuss words. So, uh, but anyway, so I'm used to being the weird one and people kind of adjust around me. But I wasn't always that, and I know what it's like in the real world. And I do know that sometimes you can be afraid that you're going to be considered the weird one or uh, that holier-than-thou guy or gal or whatever if you share your faith. But you know, if he has transformed you, if he has, has, has changed your life, you have something that you should want to share with other people. And the Lord will be with you, he said, as you do so. And so uh knowing that you're done and, and the thing is don't wait till you feel adequate or equipped you know some people think I've got to know all the answers like well what about the dinosaurs how do you explain them did did Adam have a belly button or not you know there's all these different questions that uh, you may not have answers to but you know you do have some answers just like the blind man uh, in John the ninth chapter whenever uh, the man was born blind and Jesus healed him and uh, they come to him and they just can't believe. They're trying to say that Jesus is a sinner, that he, he does the works of the devil. And they're, trying, they're, they're just railing against Jesus. And all this guy can say is, you know, I don't really know what kind of man he is. Talk about the categories that y'all are talking about. But I do know this. I was blind and now I can see. He did know that. He didn't know a bunch of theological stuff and what position Jesus should be in or whatever in connection with the synagogue or whatever. But he knew that Jesus had touched him. And because of it, he was different in a wonderful and glorious way. And every one of us who has been touched by the love and the grace and the power of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ has something to share, and the world needs it today. We're so prone to just pull back and in our own little thing and in uh, our own little uh, groups and huddles and and look out and look at those evil people. and you know. But the thing is, you're supposed to be light in darkness, and you're supposed to be shedding and sharing that light. I remember one scene that I saw on the news this past week from a young man that was breaking the windows out of a building in a demonstration. And I know it's easy to look at things like that and say, oh, that's bad, those bad people. But the more I have looked at that, the more I've seen a young man that is lost, a young man that's angry, a young man that's missing something wonderful from his life. And somebody needs to share the good news with him. And that's the way we should look on these people that we think are doing differently than what we think they ought to do, no matter what our righteous or self righteous uh, spot may be. Instead of looking down on those who th- see things differently than we do, we should be looking on them through eyes of love and realize they need something that we can share with them. So I want to go through different ways. First of all, you can share your faith. First of all, you can be loving, but direct, loving, but direct and loving is important. Being direct without being loving means being blunt (laughs) And, and confrontational, but being loving and direct makes it all the difference in the world. There was a time when someone being loving and direct with me helped me to turn my life in a different direction. It was Sharon. Whenever she told me, informed me very lovingly, but directly, that one of these days the Lord was going to return and she and the kids were going to go up and meet him in the air. And I wasn't in that picture And I said, so you think what you're saying is you're going to heaven and I'm going to hell. And her response was loving and direct. She said, in the most loving way you can imagine, unless you repent. And uh, that got me. My response, of course, was, who are you to judge me? She wasn't judging me. She was just calling it the way she saw it. She didn't write me. Judging is whatever you think that someone is hopeless. Judging is what a lot of people, of that young man, whenever they see him throw that whatever it was through the window of that uh of that uh, uh storefront. Judging is writing him off totally as the enemy and not thinking about the fact that he has another way of life that he could be living. Judging is going ahead and just writing him off to hell instead of noticing where they really are and where they can be. Judging is whenever you just write them off. But it's not judging to recognize where someone is. And Sharon recognized where I was. And she told me where I was. And she told me how to go another way. Repent. And uh, that's, uh, that's a horrible, harsh word nowadays but it's a word that needs to be shared more and more because repenting means quit running from God and start running toward him. Turn around and go the other way. That's what it means. And so uh, the thing is, she was direct, but she was also loving. Peter, in the second chapter of Acts, he's preached his first sermon And people are cut to the quick in their hearts and they're scared to death because they realize the truth of the fact that they are going to be sinners in the hands of an angry God unless somehow they can make peace with him. And they say, Peter, what must we do to be saved? And he was loving and direct and told them, repent, repent, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That was loving and direct. The next thing, you can share your story. You don't have to have a whole lot of uh, theological knowledge to share your story. I was just reminiscing with Sharon as we were coming in on our trip to uh, Europe this past spring. We always pray before we go on things like that, that the Lord would just use us as bright lights along the way. Three different times I got to share my story with someone, and it came up in connection with where they were and what they were doing. And uh, let's see, I'll just list the three if I can remember them. First of all, there was a young man from Grenada originally. No, was it Grenada or Trinidad? Trinidad. From Trinidad. Who was uh, who worked for the UN, and I wound up sitting by him uh, in a in an airport uh, waiting area, and we got to talking, and he was sharing some of his life, and I shared, and I had the opportunity to share some of my life, and he caught that I was had been something else before I was a pastor, and he said, uh, "What what what caused that?" and that opened the door for me to share the difference that Jesus made in my life. It turns out that this young man had been called into ministry when he was young. And instead of responding to that call, he ran from it. He was trying to do good. He was in charge of helping uh, uh, people in uh, refugee camps and stuff like that around the world. And yet he felt unfulfilled and incomplete because he wasn't doing what the Lord called him to do. And so, my story pricked his heart. And, uh, but then the thing is, with you, with your story, your story can prick someone's heart because you can identify with them somewhere. Oh, you know what? I lost a child too. But you know what? Jesus' gracious, undergirding love and strength got me through oh you know what i've gotten a financial fiasco also and it was scary you know what the doctor told me i had cancer one time and uh this and you know but the lord made a difference you see your story can come about so naturally in connection with what other people are going through and your story can bring life to those who are living a life of death you can do that. It's there for you. And so you share your story. We shared our. I, I went up sitting next to a young lady that worked for Guidepost Magazine and, uh, and she needed encouragement. And part of my story clicked with her and gave her encouragement to go into areas that she hadn't been in before. There was also, let's see if I can remember, there was a, whoa, yeah, I wound up on an airplane, talking to the guy across the aisle from me. Turns out he was a Jewish life coach. And uh, he was wanting to know uh, about me. And I had the chance to share my story. And all the people sitting all around us got to hear my story. And uh, he was a counselor. And I had been a counselor. And we got to sharing spiritual truths that clicked with both of us. And we were wound up, we were broadcasting to a big area around us in the airplane. Captive audience. They couldn't go anywhere. <laughs> Five miles up in the, in the air, you know, you got them, man. Share your story. Anyway, uh, so the, be loving and direct. You can share your story. You can invite people to church. If you can't do anything else, you can do that. Some people call that fish in the barrel evangelism. You put all the, you bring all the fish and you put them in the barrel and then you let the pastor take shots at them, you know. Uh, So uh, and reel them in. You're right. You're right. So if you can't do anything else, invite them to church and let me have a shot at them. Okay? you can do that. But then most of all, you can live a life that others will want. And the thing is, as you're living that life, you're going to have the opportunity to share your story because people are going to want to know, what makes you different? How come you don't do like we do? That's an opportunity to share your story. But living that life, you may be planting seed. There was seed planted before Sharon was, was loving and direct with me. other people whose lives were different and had something that I didn't have. And so, see, you may be instrumental in planting seed. You may be instrumental in helping seed to grow. You may have the wonderful uh, opportunity to to bring in the harvest. But anywhere along the way, you need to be sharing your story. Now, when you do share your faith, good things happen. But first of all, you play a part in a divine story, in a heavenly story, in God's kingdom moving forward and you being a part of it. Next, your faith grows. When you share your story, it reminds you of some things. It brings things back to life that maybe had grown stale. And then finally, you are reminded of what you have in Christ and who you are in Christ. All those things are available to you if you're willing to share your story. If your faith has grown stale, ask yourself, when's the last time you shared your story? What is your story? Some people don't even know how to share their story. Your story very basically is just, I was like this. My life was dark. My life had no meaning. I was living in futility. Then I met Jesus. And now my life is like this. Now my life is filled with good things that they were there before, but I couldn't even see them. You know, that's it. My life before I came to know the Lord, then I met the Lord and how you did that. And now my life is like this. Those are the three parts of everybody's story in Christ. Where are you along the way in sharing your story? Let's, let's bow our heads for a time of prayer. Let's pray. Dear Lord, as, uh, as I bow before you at this time, I pray that uh, you would uh, just uh, quicken our hearts to the fact that we have a story to tell. And you know, uh, while we're bowing our heads, there may be some of you that realize this morning that you don't have a story, that you haven't come to that place where you have reached out to the one who loves you so much. And if that's you, I just encourage you to go ahead and just reach out to him this morning. And uh, let's pray. Lord, as we pray, there are those uh, here and those uh, who are listening to this around the world that haven't really come to know the wonderful life they can have in you. Maybe they've been seeking for you. Maybe they've been studying, but they haven't received the wonderful life that you have to offer. And Lord, I pray this morning that as they reach out to you, that you would meet them through the presence of your Holy Spirit. And as they say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I've lived my life for me and look where it's gotten me, and I'm unhappy, and I want to know your fullness, and so I give myself to you. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me and cleanse me, and give me a new life right now. From now on, I'm going to live my life for you. Thank you, Lord, for saving me and giving me a brand new life. Amen.